Welcome to Reactive. My name is Khalil Shelt, and I'm here with Rockbot Raquel. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and also, um, Mr. Henning Gladegotz. What's up, Mr. Sir? Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. Good. We're all together. <laughs> Not for <laughs> any particular special reason, just we happen to all be together, finally. Yeah. Hap- happenstance. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's wonderful, and nobody had to research any animals. It's it's a great feeling. Well, I, I researched an animal just in case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is it? Well, because it's it's fun too. Oh goodness! So, um, so I was in New Zealand last week, uh, mm-hmm. and I learned about. So I was all about like the kiwi bird, right? And I was like, oh my god, I need to find a kiwi. And then I was talking to to one uh, New Zealander who are also affectionately called Kiwis. So when I was like, I want to snuggle a Kiwi, they all gave me a funny look. Um, And uh, so anyway, so he said to me, he was like, so um, you should give up on the Kiwi. They're a stupid bird. They're not very interesting at all. And instead, you should think about the Kia, K-E-A. And the Kia is a mountain, is a mountain parrot. It's the like it's the only mountain parrot at all. And um, it's actually it's it's this gorgeous bird. It's it it's green on the outside, but under its wings it has this like beautiful orange and red type coloring on its feathers underneath. And so like when it flies around, you're like, oh my goodness. Um, but what's really cool about them is that they're super smart. They're apparently as smart as a human four-year-old. Um, and they have these like these beaks that are just really pointy at the end. They look uh they're almost almost hawk-like, but but not. Um and so if you're in the mountains and it they only they're only on the south island of of uh New Zealand. Um and they they will just like eat the rubber in the windshield wipers for fun. And they Yikes. can like break into your car and stuff um <laughs> and and yeah so they're just doesn't like sound super, so adorable anymore <laughs> no they're like super cool super super cool and um they're about 46 centimeters long so they're like pretty big and when they fly they have a wingspan of about a meter so they're huge um uh they can they can weigh anywhere between like 700 grams to a kilo and um yeah yeah they're really really cool and yeah so i'll i'll put that in the show notes cuz the kia are really neat i did not end up seeing any kiwi um but i did get to go to some museums where they had like what kiwis look like in like real life and stuff and that was pretty cool um yeah. Anyway, I had a really great time. I spoke at uh, NZJS Con. Uh, I have to say Z because it's in New, in New Zealand. They say Z and not Z. Mostly every mm. other English speaking country <clears throat> says Z, except the United States for like, why would you add extra letters to the end of your letter? Um, so anyway, um, so that was really great. I got to kick off the conference. I gave a talk about the beauty of bad code. The The video is out already, so we can put that in the show notes too. It was super fun. I had such a blast. Um, the people of New Zealand are amazing. And 
<clears throat> yeah. Oh, oh, and so Wellington. Uh, so like there are two major cities in in these. Like there's three, I guess. But the biggest city is Auckland, which is where I went last time. Uh, but this time I went to Wellington, which is the capital city and the second largest city. Uh, the third one is Christchurch, which is on the South Island. Um, but they were recent, like within the last few years, they got hit really hard with an earthquake. So it's there's not much there right now. But it'll be rebuilt and that'll be fine. But anyway, Wellington, it's the windiest city in the world. And um, they are desperate. And I mean desperate for developers. So they actually have, the government has a, has a program where they're taking applications to select 100 people from around the world where they will give them a free round trip flight to New Zealand and set them up with a bunch of interviews with various companies throughout Wellington. And the expectation is that you'll walk out with at least one job offer. And uh, if you decide to accept that job offer, they will give you uh, a working visa and like kind of hook you up with like how to move to New Zealand and all that good stuff. So huh. if you are not so keen on staying in whatever country you currently live in for no particular reason, you know, just hypothetically, if you were just sick and tired of whatever current country you're in, you could easily go to New Zealand if you're a developer uh, and, um, you know, want to work with the really awesome people of of New Zealand. Uh it's a really tempting offer. <laughs> it is. It sounds pretty cool, actually. Cool. Yeah. How was is the trip? Uh, need, like the av- uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Is that where they make the the Wellingtons? The uh, boots? the boots? Mm, yeah. I don't know. They call them gummy boots, yeah. and I, so I don't know. I think in in in, in, yeah. in England they call them Wellingtons. I think. Yes. But I think it's because they're from so, Wellington, England. I think there's a Wellington yeah, I in guess. the UK. <laughs> yeah, the original Wellington, actually. Yes. <laughs> I guess. Yes. Yeah. Okay, the it. Duke of Wellington. I don't know. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say, Emperor. honey? No, I'm just wondering how the how the trip overall went and how, how your husband liked it, because he said that he was going to. Oh, yeah. No, he loved it. He loved awesome. it. We were both just like... Maybe we should move. <laughs> it would it would make recording this podcast just a little bit more difficult, but not yeah. impossible. Mm-hmm. Just, just throwing that out there. Interesting. Well, well, but it would be beneficial for us because it would be living in the future and we would know <laughs> yes. everything first. Exactly. It's true. There you go. We it's wouldn't have true. to rely on Ollie anymore. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Our man in the future. Oh, poor Ollie. <laughs> well, he's oh, not goodness. sharing a lot anyway, so. No, it's know. true. It's true. Uh, I could be your spy. all the knowledge for himself. <laughs> I just want lotto numbers. I just want lotto numbers, Ollie. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, oh, how are you going to get the ticket? The Australian lotto ticket is difficult. Yeah, well, anyway. Uh, anyway. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds great. Like you had a fantastic trip? Yes. Uh one could get we one could get jelly from that. <laughs> you uh, can so. get welly jelly. <laughs> welly jelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was uh, Okay, I love puns and we were in uh the 
the botanic garden in Wellington, and they have a little herb garden or herb garden, depending. Um, and they have like you know all the different like you know uh, I don't know d- different herbs that you might put in your food or medicinal or whatever. And there is this one spot where there's a sundial, and around the sundial, you'll never believe they have twelve different varieties of thyme. <laughs> the herb, okay. Thyme, the herb, around a sundial. Oh, that's it's really like the good. most visual, oh, amazing pun. Ever. I was like, oh my god, we should move here just because. The people of Wellington understand us. They just get it. It's so good. So good. Oh, hilarious. Oh, sounds great. <laughs> uh, so this, this happened, I think, um, like last week already. But did you guys read through the, um, the WikiLeaks dump, like the highlights of what, what supposedly the CIA can do? Nope. Nope. No. Oh, no. I was just so I was... Um, I I have heard about it on the periphery. I read a lot about it, and I guess because my reaction to it was, I mean, so some of the things that uh, I guess came out is that the uh, the CIA is able to uh, spy on pretty much I don't know not everything, but uh, specific examples are that um, they can get or listen in on WhatsApp conversations, which kind of surprises me, but then again, it doesn't. Um, because, you know, they were so proud of rolling out their encryption technology and saying that not even they could, um, you know, basically listen in or spy or read on their own users. Um, the same thing goes for Android phones. I guess they can intercept um, voice and whatever other communications before it goes into encryption. <clears throat> and they can turn Samsung TVs specifically <laughs> into listening devices. Um so I was I guess the question I had for for you is is if you were, you know, surprised by any of this because I, my reaction to it was like yeah, I, I don't doubt that. It's not you know. But it wasn't it debunked. What do you mean debunked? Well, some of the stuff that that they can that they can uh, interf- um basically basically listen to encrypted communication mm-hmm. that was well, I don't know if you can call it debunked, but there was um, some CIA official made a statement about it. Oh, really? That don't that don't have that ability? So, are they saying now the whole thing is is bogus, or? Well, they're saying that they like if you if you have a vulnerable phone, um, and lots of Android phones with older um, OS versions that are very vulnerable, they have exploits to get into your phone. When they can get into your phone, they can, of course, read your stuff. And, uh, and, and, and yeah. And, um, but but if, if, if just somebody is sending a signal message to somebody else, like, and it's encrypted, they, they can't. They can't read that, right? I mean, they would have to, I guess, hack your phone first, right? Or in some yeah. in some way, and hacking yeah. and and it, like apparently there was not any, really any news um, besides that they have exploits for certain phones and certain OS versions, um, which is just because you know OSs are buggy, and yeah, I don't know, right? But, yeah, there was some stuff. That I I heard some stuff or I read something on on, on Twitter or I saw that so that the, there were some things that that uh, apparently the CIA was definitely trying to say that they 
can't do that. Uh huh. Something okay. like that. I didn't. I didn't hear that. I, I guess my it's just my general reaction was sort of, you know, I'm not surprised by this, and I think nobody else should be either. And if you think you have any kind of privacy, you're delusional. So, I guess that surprised me about my own reaction. Is that I kind of expect this, which is kind of sad, but you know, Aww. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Womp, womp. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you can expect privacy. I think that we have learned that over the years. Yeah. Um, with the internet. <sighs> but I guess the TV thing, that is, uh, that that was supposedly, or it seemed like that was one of the more popular features or things that, that sort of was swirling around in the news is that, you know... Yeah, well, those ETs, those TVs, they also run Android, don't they? Android is probably so, so you know uh, susceptible to exploits. Mm -hmm. It's it's really it's really dangerous. Yeah, Android specifically, and um, but yeah, I'm I'm really like I have a real problem with you know those devices that just sit there and listen, like like Alexa. And yeah. Any, exactly. Any other thing that's gonna come out that's just gonna listen to you talking and wait for some command, because there was there was another um, con controversy where um, people were trying to subpoena Alexa <clears throat> recordings in order to solve a murder. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, because apparently Alexa records everything and like and, and throws. You know, recordings away after. Oh, some so whatever goes out like above that. or out of the buffer, so it just continuously records yeah. to evaluate and then drops it on the floor. Yeah, of course, because uh, yeah. it has to, right? right. <laughs> it has to. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> yeah, so they they were trying, and there was a back and forth. But I also I didn't uh, get into that story <clears throat> too much. But uh, yeah, but that that's scary to me. Like this, all these kind of devices that just sit there and listen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. It is. Oh my goodness. Uh, speaking of which, there was a huge news article recently uh, about, let me see. Hold on. I need to find this. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, there was a company, let's see, what's it called? Uh, Cloud Pets. Have you heard about this? No. About the Cloud Pets fiasco? Okay, so Cloud Pets, they're these little teddy bears uh, that um, basically uh, parents can, like, record their voice in the teddy bear, and then children can hold the teddy bear and, like, think about mom and dad or whatever. Um, uh, or the kids can leave messages in the teddy bear, and the parents... Actually, yeah, I think this is what the bigger thing is. The So... Kids can talk to their teddy bear and then parents can hear what the kids are saying to their to their teddy bears and stuff like that. You know, just like check in on them and all of that stuff. Well, it turns out. <laughs> and this is connected that, to the um, Internet. It is. Oh, God. Can you see where this is going? <laughs> uh, oh, so data from the from the cloud pets has been leaked and ransomed. Exposing oh the kids voice messages. And oh God. it is absolutely terrifying uh it's just it's it's absolutely just terrifying um <clears throat> i don't have all the specifics about how it happened uh but yeah basically like it's all online oh it was stored in mongodb and it was in a publicly facing ne network segment without any authentication required 
And it wow. was indexed by Shodan, oh which is a popular search engine for finding connected things. Are you so, for real? That's crazy. It's so terrifying. Me. I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess there's going to be more and more of this stuff when we, you know, see more connected toys and other devices and then this whole IoT stuff. And I mean, even even the uh, um, that Synology that I talked about a while back, this uh, network yeah. attack storage, it's basically it's got a Linux, you know, OS on it and you can install all sorts of stuff. And one component of it is... Um, basically home surveillance, right? So you can install cameras right. in your house and hook them up to your device and either record or watch it remotely, right? Mm -hmm. So you can, this thing sits on the internet, you can watch your house. Well, now somebody just needs to hack your whatever and can be watching you in your house. <laughs> this is insane, you know? Yeah. So this is uh, a lot yeah. of these things. People, it seems like they haven't thought through the ramifications properly yet you know mm -hmm. scary no, stuff no it's it's really really terrifying i can't believe <clears throat> oh like basic security folks basic yeah. basic security like don't yep. put Internet, data uh, online without at least it, a bcrypted password right yeah. like oh <clears throat> <laughs> So yeah. bad. Internet of Things uh, security is still apparently really awful, isn't it? Like, yeah, I, I, I would like to rename it Internet of Awful Things. <laughs> just, yeah. Internet of Insecure Things. Yeah. Yes. Crazy. Internet of Terrifying Things. <laughs> so, anyway, so that's that's exciting. Okay, from the horror <laughs> corner. <is> exciting. <laughs> I mean, awful. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what else is up? <laughs> uh, so uh, what's up with Uber? Yeah, let's uh, stay on that same track <laughs> of disasters. <Yeah>. Okay, <laughs> disasters. We're on staying right. on the disaster so, track. On the on the uh, in in my like every week, I'm just going to deliver you new and interesting <laughs> horror news from Uber. That's, this um, week in it's Uber. <laughs> yeah, this, this should just be like Rockbots. Uber's uh, segment. Anyway, okay, so... <laughs> Did it uh, so Google is suing Uber for a lot of what? money. Because... Oh. Uh, so, so Uber has their self-driving car initiative. Okay. Google also had a self-driving car initiative. Uh, it has since spun out into a company called Waymo. Um, and... Waymo has this uh, really interesting proprietary software using LiDAR. Uh, and so LiDAR is, is like a radar, but with a laser. So you can basically uh, like send a, a bunch of lasers out or, or have one laser moving uh, very quickly around uh, an area. And you can get data points of how far something is, right? So if you, you can calculate, basically, you can basically get a nice... Uh, point cloud of information to you know move around it and all that stuff so so basically eyes for the for a car an autonomous car anyway so google's lighter technology is top notch and uh uh <laughs> so google uh alleges that a former manager at waymo uh met with uber 
and um, actually Kalanick in, in particular, the CEO of, of Uber, and who, who basically said, hey, if you get there, if, if you get us the, uh, if you take the LiDAR technology and start your own company around that technology, we will buy your company and then you can give the technology to us. And so that in and of itself is kind of a pretty huge allegation, except Google has proof. Oh, nice. Google has proof that uh, the, the person in question went onto the Google intranet and searched, how do I download like this, this technology to my computer? <laughs> and, then, and then they have uh, data that shows that this person, it, it's a subversion uh, repo. So they, the person downloaded Turtle SVN and then, or Tortoise SVN, and then uh, downloaded all of the code. And then they have uh, evidence that a USB was added to the machine to uh, for eight hours. They don't know what it was doing, but you can kind of guess. Then, then the entire computer was formatted so that you know no one would ever know what was on that computer. Uh, and then they have evidence that the person quit and uh, quit Google and very quickly spun up a new a new company that did all this lidar stuff, but on trucks instead of cars. Hmm. Uh, there were also conversations between this person and another person at Google about or at Waymo about uh, like, hey, so I've been approached by Uber. Uh, they're really curious about the lidar stuff. And then uh, this company that that the person started uh, called Otto, O-T-T-O, uh, <laughs> basically had no funding, like no pro- no public funding, no um, uh, like uh, venture capital, but somehow was doing really well and had plenty of money to play with. And then within six months was acquired by Uber. <laughs> hmm. Wow. Hmm. So they're getting real sued real hard <laughs> by Google. <laughs> like what oh, I don't understand is that, that anyone working at Google doesn't understand the basic principles of like <laughs> a trail of things IP you do theft? on your computer yeah. <laughs> and network, pro, uh, <laughs> network logs and stuff like that. I mean, really? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's I insane. would imagine that you would... You would expect that, right? I mean, like, like I would not expect a small company to have that ability, but it's Google. It's Google. They're constantly exactly. worried about their IP. Like, come on. Come wow, on. That's the most surprising part for me in this whole, whole story. <laughs> <laughs> not not uh, Uber, but, yeah, but this no. <laughs> person is just, just daft enough to think wow. that, oh, I'm going to get rich. Fine. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so when so they they have announced this or they already filed it or how where do you know what uh, it is in the, yeah like yeah they filed out? it um uh, so the the like there's a a really nice breakdown of all of the like steps uh in a blog post that i will put onto uh into the show notes that was just published two days ago um yeah. <laughs> but uh so uh, uber acquired auto in august 2016 um let's see but they have they have a timeline of important events 
starting in summer 2015. Hmm. And then it kind of continues. Let's see. I think the suit was filed. The suit was filed in February, February 23rd. And then they amended the funding or the filing in March on March 10th, which asks for an injunction against Uber's self-driving car program. So basically Google's like, you need to stop, like stop all of your self-driving car stuff because you're using our property in order to build it. We will not let you profit off of this. This is not okay. Um, So, so yeah. There's literally like every story is getting worse and worse. (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's great how much more, oh my gosh what like, else is like coming? a soap opera it is <laughs> you it, can make a soap opera from this you really this could this is great somebody this is, is writing that right totally now material <laughs> yeah there's an uber movie or something coming or it's the uber just, movie it's just yeah. amazing i just don't wow. understand how 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 do you this company is so shady like I respect that people need jobs and I respect that, that like, you know, they can, but it just really, really who, ah, ah, sorry. If yeah, you work that, at you Uber think you can and get you're still working that, there, like, yeah. like if, if you're working at Uber and you're still working there, despite all of these things, all I can assume is that you're okay with them. I it's, it's just, it's too hard for me to accept that like, getting paid is more important than than like than your values Sleeping and your night. morals as a human being yeah exactly like how do how do people work at uber sleep at night and i i don't know if you're looking for a job and you work at uber let me know i will help you find another one i don't i don't wish this on anybody um so anyway yeah gross gross wow yeah that's a good good term to put on that. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So anyway, this here here ends Brockbot's anti Uber segment <laughs> <laughs> on the reactive podcast. Da da Nuts. Oh, okay, so goodness. I have like a list of like uh, JavaScript related newses that I could go through. Do it. Has okay. been accumulating over the last weeks. <laughs> Okay, let's do it. Um, so um, there is a, a um, this is just a, a little observation of mine where I find that the no config hype, uh, which I, I call it the no config hype, is, is currently um, happening in JavaScript world. What I mean by that is that there is, um, there is um, more appreciation for uh, no configuration setups for writing JavaScript apps with all kinds of different frameworks. So um, I think, so from from my Twitter stream and, you know, watching it over time, I think that um, the interest um, was raised through Create React App, which is an NPM module that you can install and you can just, and it comes with a bunch of scripts and you can just start writing a React app. You don't have to configure anything. It does, you know, it, it serves you, the, it serves the app in a, in a dev server, but you can also make production builds, everything you need. Like you can write an <clears throat> app from development to production completely with that thing. 
and um <clears throat> and i've seen first articles no i've seen uh a, like a talk by somebody who was talking about no configuration and um i skipped through the talk and and i got the feeling <laughs> or i think he said something like that it was started this was started with create uh, react app and hmm. it kind of pissed me off a little bit because it's not true <laughs> yeah but <laughs> because 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 really in javascript land ember has been doing it forever and they've been the ones that introduced it to javascript land in 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 my yeah uh uh opinion and um and really that came through uh Yehuda Katz I think a lot was his influence because he was very influenced by Rails. And that is actually the origin of this kind of setup where it's convention over configuration, where you have less configuration and you have, you have conventions so that, you know, 90% of all the use cases are taken care of. And Ember did that and, and it was never really appreciated. I think that the JavaScript community was... Uh, the non-Ember developer, developers, at least, were kind of against it. And they were, everybody wanted to do their little module and their little thing and then stick the modules together. And everybody was just writing the same things over and over, doing build setups over and over, the same things, the same things, and installing Babel and configuring Babel and Island and na-na-da-da-da and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. And now in a, there, we are at a point where um, there's Create React App, which was actually influenced directly by Ember's Ember CLI because uh Dan Abramov who who created Create React app or started it he was at a Ember meetup or something like that and was super you know excited about Ember CLI and then created that and um Angular has its own CLI which is actually a fork of Ember CLI and um there's something called Create Cycle app i think so it's like almost every framework now has that and i'm super excited about it i love it that's awesome yeah it's really cool. it's also it's yeah. also funny because really i think i saw a tweet from yehuda cats or maybe it was about something not yehuda tom dale saying that yeah. you know ember wasn't really the first one either they might have been the first in javascript land but it's, no that's it's way yeah, older than that it was a response to to what i tweeted and it and uh, it's true they were not the first one in computer science but they were the first <laughs> ones in uh, javascript yeah and like i said it was really introduced by rails which was also influenced by something that's called a principle of sensible defaults mm -hmm. and uh, and <clears throat> I think some uh, a principle of from user experience uh, design, which was called the principle of least astonishment of the user, or something <laughs> like that. Which is an awesome name. Yeah, that's funny uh, how that goes, yeah. right? That people claim something for themselves, and it's really much, much, much older. It's funny. Well, it was not somebody. Somebody was not claiming it for themselves. It, well, it was just. He didn't do the research on what... Yeah, I mean, people that, was, that are in a community and weren't exposed yeah. to something before, they think this is something new. Sorry, that's... Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. And then they... they and now oh, everybody's wow, look excited at this. This is it. awesome. And then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but that's... The, I think you're right. That's really, really cool because we all need yeah. to stop doing busy work and doing the things that yeah. really matter. And then if yeah. you want to dig in deeper, you can do that later. That's always my, my thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and and it's of course important that the tools also get developed further, and everything will be more abstracted. But most of the JavaScript developers should just write their apps and not 
tinker with the tools. Mm -hmm. I think it yeah. would be interesting to see more of that. Yeah, less tool <clears throat> tinkering. Because also, I, I also got a little bit tired of, um, and it's because you know the type of people that I've been following over the years. Like there was just this explosion of tutorials and courses and this course and that course and everything is about learning a framework or learning uh, tools for frameworks and stuff like that and and I'm like okay I want to know I want to see how what you know experiences of people you know what happened when you actually wrote an app and put it into production and like how did how did that work and you know and and i'm not interested anymore in the toolings and stuff like that i'm more interested in in just writing something. yeah that that was my yeah, experience as well is that there was never anything that that really showed you like a solid now take this into production steps right mm -hmm. it was always like yeah, yeah this is how you make an app okay and now how do you go to the next <laughs> level which really matters that's the thing that really matters right to take it from your yeah. development environment and put it somewhere or find a process that that solidly deploys it, you know. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and so some other some other um, observations is that Webpack has taken over JavaScript bundler world. So really, mm. there is no real alternative, I think, anymore. It has a bit besides for Ember CLI, I think they don't use it. They use Broccoli and then Rollup, but. Um, But everything else just uses Webpack. So they have completely taken over everything. Mm -hmm. And it it makes sense, I think, because the Browserify um, thing, which was a, a popular um, you know, other way of bundling JavaScript, it was it became too 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 complicated to maintain all those different I mean that was also just our in our team it was I think I told the story already yeah. in this podcast in our team that was our experience it became too complicated for for all the different things we needed to do with the transforms and webpack had all these very common things they have become common all these kind of setups where you need source source maps and typescript and you need to load some json and you need some html and stuff like that and those are all like switches you can basically turn on in webpack and with um Uh, something like Browserify was much more, in, you know, like uh, yeah, complicated and needed more work, and um, and so there's a lot of stuff happening. There's also a Webpack CLI in the works I've seen, and uh, to make it easier for people to get started with Webpack, and there's lots of like Webpack kind of um, uh, templates. There's something called Neutrino JS that that uh, eats a template for Webpack or something like that and then configures it for you and stuff. So people are trying to make it easier and less work to configure it. So basically the whole no config thing, all these no config apps uh, setups are often built with Webpack, but pre-configured Webpack. And now there's something with presets and stuff like that. So um, Webpack is the underlying kind of assembly language for for these kind of build setups do you know it's, if it's if there's plans for ember cli to go that way too or are they hanging on to broccoli i i have no idea what the like the comparisons well are, first of all it, first of all broccoli is not is not a um uh, what do you say uh what do you call it uh, it's it's not a alternative so what 
the alternative so what they're using right now is roll up i saw a conversation on twitter where where tom dale was saying basically you, you can take the output from broccoli and feed it into webpack there's mm -hmm. no problem there is there is apparently projects that do that and uh, ember cli for now is doing um using roll up because roll up is apparently a little bit you know smaller mm -hmm. and It works for them. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, but Rollup does the bundling in Ember CLI. All right. Maybe, I guess, now. But I have no official, I don't know exactly. It's, but he was definitely saying that that's their preference right now. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so that was interesting to kind of realize that. I think I realized that when I listened to the um, an interview with the Webpack, with two of the Webpack developers, um, the German on a German podcast, in the Working Draft podcast, which is really interesting. I just realized hey, there is no real other bundlers anymore. It's just like Webpack has eaten up the bundler world. Yeah. It's interesting. I saw a, um, a really good beginner intro talk uh, at the conference in New Zealand about um, about configuring Webpack configuring configuring webpack from scratch um yeah. because uh i think a lot of people think about webpack like sourdough like you need to have a starter before you can even get started um because mm -hmm. like you know configuring webpack is such a huge pain etc and so i'd never heard anybody actually start from scratch and so uh i, I really appreciated watching that one talk because it was like all right You have nothing in your webpack at all. There's like nothing in your configuration file whatsoever. Let's start from the very basics. Like, and it, like in terms of how to use NPM, it was like a little too basic, but in terms of like, what is webpack and how does it work? It was really interesting to me. Um, cool. So yeah, definitely shout out to that talk. So yeah. anyway. And so also, there'll probably be a recording of that at some point. I guess. Uh, yeah, published. yeah, there yeah. there already is. I can I can put a a copy in the show notes as okay. well. Okay, excellent. Oh, yeah, great. Mm -hmm. It's also I think that it's also a misconception. Uh, it's it's a it's like a hype subject that Webpack is so terrible to configure, and it's not that difficult. You just have to, I guess. But it is work. I mean, it is work. You gotta you got and you gotta read. You gotta read the docs and stuff. But the docs have also become much better. I think, and there's a whole like huge team now uh, that's working on it. I think that they are actually, oh, that was very interesting. They're actually making money because there is there is this way, there is a way that the Webpack project re, um, accepts donations um, from companies and individuals. And then they have they have a specific way how they split up that money. So if you are a contributor, you get points for different things, to, you know, tickets that you that you work on, and then and then you accumulate those points, and then depending on how many points you have, you get a share of that money that comes in, hmm. and and the money is not insignificant at all, actually. Nice. So I found that very interesting. Yeah, because this is great. You know, like it's not it's not just uh, burning out developers. It's actually be curious to hear how they how they manage that and how that because it probably would need to be a very transparent process, right? To understand yeah. who's what's happening and what's coming in, etc. So 
interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so that was interesting. And uh, so in other news, there's also a new CycleJS release, uh, which is interesting. There, um, It was just a big refactor with with just a few breaking changes, and it's just all getting a little smaller, and it's all getting more efficient and um, and upgraded, basically. So they're using uh, the Xtreme library instead of RxJS default, by default. And uh, so that thing is still ongoing and it's still a very interesting project, I find. I just didn't have any time to play with it anymore because uh, I don't get to write CycleJS at work. So it's it's just too much yeah. to do all, all the things. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to and the what club. I th- what, what I thought, yeah, and what what I thought was interesting too was that uh, apparently Rails is embracing um, JavaScript hmm. now. So so Rails, Ruby on Rails, had uh, has an asset pipeline, and that asset pipeline I think comes like they had jQuery in there, and that was basically the extent of what you know would come with ruby on rails and they would not it would be a community that would not be very receptive to more javascript heavy kind of projects and uh, apparently so it's they integrate with uh, react more easily now or something like that so this uh, this is happening and that's a big thing apparently so that was interesting um Um, let me see. Hoodie, hoodie anniversary. So hoodie, hoodie, hoodie is is uh, hoodie JS is uh, mm-hmm. which is a backend for front front end developers, uh, based on based on CouchDB and uh, Node and NPM <coughs> stuff. <laughs> and so they they're they're a year. No, is it just a year? Seem like they've uh, been no, around. It must be longer than, than that. that. Yeah, it's got four be... years. Yeah, four years. Yeah, there you go. yeah. So four years hoodie. And so <laughs> how quickly? Technology. How That's quickly amazing. time wow. flies? Four yeah, years. It feels like only a year. <laughs> crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and work is still ongoing. They have lots of contributors, and yeah, this is a is a very interesting project as well. I think I'm I'm actually uh, contemplating to to use it for a small thing to finally use it and test it out. <clears throat> and yeah. uh, actually, the one of the founders of the hoodie project, uh, Jan Lennart, he he had an interesting blog post, which was uh, a reaction to a blog post by <clears throat> Nolan. What's his name? Nolan Lawson. Uh, Nolan Lawson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. He was. He wrote an um, article about how, what it feels like to be an open source maintainer, and um, it, I think it was definitely about you know how difficult it is to be an open source maintainer uh, because there's this stream of stuff you have to take care of and stuff like that. And he basically, and Jan Lennart, he wrote an interesting article um, as a reaction to that um where he basically said the way how he does it the way how he um uh, stays sane is that he stops caring in a, in a sense where there's just certain issues and certain mails he's getting where he just you know given given that it's a, a, a project that has documentation and um 
contributor guidelines and all these things there's certain certain things that he just does not care about certain requests and if people want features and or are passive aggressive and stuff like that and that's his solution so it. does that mean he it, just it doesn't he just doesn't respond to them or yeah yeah okay exactly yeah he also he only just just he responds on his time and to the things that that um he, he feels like um need need to be yeah he needs to respond to sometimes he also responds to things that he doesn't really care about and just gives them a link or something like that mm -hmm. but really it's it's all about staying sane and keeping the the project healthy and i think that was a a, a good way to deal with that so that's a good article i'll link it up okay and um <clears throat> so what what i was also what's also interesting i learned now because i was listening to the stack overflow podcast that jen schiffer has a new job yeah and, i heard uh, that since <laughs> really yeah, and since yeah and since we are uh, basically chronicle the the jen schiffer chronicle podcast <laughs> um uh, i'm going to say what the job is so she's at fog fog creek and um she has oh, wow. a very interesting role which i have to look up because i can't remember it's too long <laughs> you heard this on stack over on the stack overflow podcast Yes, um, so she's community engineer at Fog Creek um, for for the Glitch pro, uh, project, hmm. right? Okay. So the Glitch project is a recently re renamed uh, project by Fog Creek, and um, it was called something like Mix something Mix Up or uh, Mix or I don't know something like that, and it's now called Glitch, and it's a very interesting. Um, project so it is <clears throat> it is a place where you can go and you can you can write and deploy an application all in the browser so it comes with the back end built in and stuff like that and it comes with like templates and, a pr and apps that are already built that you can then remix in your own application so they call it Remix. So basically something that somebody already implemented in this glitch world, you can now use in your own application and you can change the code. You can play around with it and everything is deployed in the background and has, you know, like it, it works fully basically. And um, so it's pretty powerful, pretty revolutionary. It's all free for now. And, um, and she is kind of helping to build the community over there and uh so anil dash is the ceo uh for far creek since uh, a little bit and he 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 has a he is a pretty big name like the inter in the internet and uh he um he's also basically helping with his name to 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 you know projects like that to to make them uh to to create awareness for them and he brought jen schiffer on to be the community engineer so for that fog project, creek so. can you say briefly what they do it sounds so familiar but i can't figure out what <laughs> well what fog creek yeah fog creek is the original company founded by um by joel spolsky uh, right okay so they made they made fog bugs okay which was the which was the first was the first app I think that Fog Creek made, which was like a bug tracking application, or is still I I don't know, and and uh, Trello was also founded out of Fog Creek, and so was I think Stack Overflow. So hmm. Fog Creek is kind of this this place. 
um, a place which, where stars uh, are born. It seems like <laughs> the nebula. <laughs> All right. I mean, they made they have they have they have really so. Joe Spolsky, he had this blog, Joel on Software, and this blog was really, really big. Um, he's not writing there anymore, but it's still online. You can read everything. And, and he has like legendary blog posts and stuff like that. And when he founded this company, this company was one of the first companies that, that had really friendly, um, uh, was a very friendly place for developers to work at. And, um, you know, like like you know the perks and standing desks and working from home and every had everybody has their own office and it's like it went against a little bit the startup hype and more to like what is good for humans and um and at the same time they hired always a lot of really incredible developers and and they and they built apps basically and that's and that's how all this stuff happened and it's like yeah it's amazing like really legendary things came out of that place basically and so yeah so that's what's happening with uh, Jen so that's also super interesting and exciting so I'm definitely going to check out that glitch um, software thing congrats Jen and congrats Fog Creek and wow yeah cool oh and and, she was also uh, recently on the on the code podcast which is really good Um, I think it was recently Maybe not that recently, but it, she had announced that she was leaving her position at uh, she she was a Boku, right? Boku, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it must have been recently, but yeah, it was a really hmm. good interview with her too. So, oh, and uh, Rockbot, I I saw today that there is a there's a project called Qu- Quaka JS. So I know, I saw cool, that. Right? What what is that? That is I was like <laughs> it's, do they do this on purpose it, just for me? <laughs> yeah, I think so. But no, uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. But, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding. Uh but it's it's interesting because it's it feels like almost in the same vein of glitch because it's a live scratch pad for JavaScript. So Quarka.js helps to discover the true power of your creativity by reducing the time it takes to run experiments. I don't really know what that means yet. So I only saw it today. Got to check it out. It seems like it runs in in Visual Studio Code. Um, I don't know. We'll check it out. Made by Wallaby.js. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? But with that name, it must be something that you should be uh, super interested in, no? Mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah I think so so that basically c- concludes my JavaScript uh, news update today, <laughs> so many so, so many, many <clears throat> that's pretty cool and it's uh, also time to uh, to wrap up perfect yeah. yes <laughs> yeah um, so I do want to uh, make a uh, a bit of a public apology. I, I met a reactive listener in New Zealand who happened to uh, originally be from Berlin and I've completely forgotten his name. And so shout out <laughs> to the awesome reactive listener who I randomly he, met in New Zealand. <laughs> was, uh, was it a he? Yes. Was he just visiting there or did he live there? I think he might live there. Okay. I don't know. All right. 
Do do you know somebody who no, either um, they are visiting or no? Because I saw an announcement, but maybe this would be a huge coincidence. But uh, okay, the guy from Contentful that we know, Yudis um, is his name, last name. He was going to be in, in okay. New Zealand, so. Oh, well, you know what? Stranger things have happened. Stranger (laughs) things, like uh, Dominic Tarr, who is an original member of of the Node Illuminati. Uh, I've been to New Zealand twice, and he's originally from New Zealand. And both times I've thought to myself, what are the odds of me running into Dominic Tarr while I'm here in New Zealand? I mean, it's a country of 4.4 million people, but he is a known nomad around the world like like you know he's just totally he's all over the place and yet and yet both times the first time randomly on the street in auckland i passed him and i was like oh my god and we stopped and chatted and then uh this time in wellington he came up to me on not the first day, but the second day of the conference and was like, hey, Raquel. And I was like, oh, my God, what are the odds? And he was like, well, it is a JavaScript conference in New Zealand. And I was like, shut up. You were not at the last one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So who knows? New Zealand is just one of those places where magical things happen. So, yeah. Well, I'm spacing out on his first okay. name. It's Stefan Judis. And he's, I believe he's in Berlin. So, okay. He's, he's also a listener. Maybe- Maybe then, okay. then maybe doesn't maybe doesn't ring a bell. I guess. <laughs> I don't. I don't right. know that I ever actually got his name at all. all right. But all right. maybe I'm just a horrible person and forgot his name. <laughs> but anyway, I remember that he was from Berlin, mm-hmm. and uh, I I waved hello, and he goes hello, and I was like, I wanted to say V Gates, but then I was like, wait a minute, you are assuming things based on one word. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so anyway it was a fun conversation and good deal but we also have some new uh some new folks in the channel which is pretty cool very cool oh by the way uh i remember that in the in the beginning we mentioned somebody called ollie who if you know not everybody knows this who's listening to this podcast he is one of the slack chat members and he's from australia so mm-hmm. that was the whole thing with with ollie yeah yeah and he's not telling yep. us what's happening in the future <laughs> oh, damn you, ollie. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness but i do want to say welcome to Otani costa um welcome yeah, to welcome. to our slack channel welcome. and uh jamerson araujo i'm guessing that's how you pronounce it um it you know Welcome. looks like um and uh i think that's it for the moment um but yeah like come hang out in our reactive slack channel it's a pretty chill place uh we are super respectful and have really interesting conversations about all sorts of things uh you can access uh, you can get an invite uh, automatically by going to our show notes at reactive.audio. Yes, and uh, if you like the show, tell a friend about it or tweet about it, um, whatever you can do to get the word out. We would appreciate it. A review would also be greatly appreciated. And uh, I'm H. Glattergotts on Twitter, and I'll talk to you next week. And I'm Khalil Tweets, and we are Reactive Pod on Twitter as well. And uh, that's that's it. <laughs> yep. All right. And I'm Rockbot. <laughs> Tweet at me if you feel like it.
ね。ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、